1: G'day, and welcome to the Ball Boys AFL Fantasy Podcast. Today we are talking about the cash cows and how they're going to affect our team structure. Let's go! Today and welcome again to the Ball Boys AFL Fantasy Podcast. I'm your host Mitch Casey. You can find me on Twitter at Ball Boys Fantasy. Joined once again with Luke. How are you man?
2: Yeah good mate. You can find me at uh, LukeRoggio17 on Twitter and excited to be talking some cash cows tonight.
1: Yeah talking some cash cows. Uh, so we're we're breaking down. Now again I'll put an asterisk at the start of the top of this episode. Cash cows, I'll, I'll put my hand up and say they're not my expertise, obviously, I'm not down at the local footy clubs or whatever it is scouting these guys. You know, haven't had a lot of footage on them. You, you but, wouldn't
2: find much in Queensland anyway, Max. So,
1: but uh, it is important for us to to discuss who is putting their hands up, ready for round one debuts. Who are potentially going to be the ones that are the best scorers? Who are in the best roles? Who seem like they have the best job security? Yeah. And also, just to get the lay of the land in terms of structure. All right. So what I are- I want to do today is sort of go through some of the the rookies that seem likely and maybe unlikely for round 1 and then where that leaves us from a structure point of view so that instead of us having a mad scramble at the end of um you know when the the teams are dropping that Thursday night yep. we uh we sort of know and maybe have a few backup plans if if a particular line is short or or whatever the case may be.
2: Yeah, you definitely need to have a little bit of contingency built into your rookie planning, don't you? Because there's so many names thrown around pre-season, but at the end of the day the guys who are named round one, you, you know, you want to get those uh, those green dots in your team. So um, it's kind of worthwhile knowing who are the guys that are almost guaranteed to go round one, but then kind of have some backups because sometimes we get surprised in that last week and, you know, like you said, you don't want to be scrambling. You want to have a little little bit of plan A, a little bit of plan B.
1: Yeah, and we also want to make sure that the guys that we are selecting have potential to score, yeah. um, job security. They're not going to be in there round one and then just out round two and it's a bit of a waste of a pick. So. You know, last year was a, was a very good example where the defensive line was very barren and we were sort of forced, a lot of us were forced to scramble and get in someone like a Wayne Millerer, yeah. uh, because there was a lack of those defensive options back there or, or we, we went with someone, um, you know, or a cash cow like a, uh, I think it was a Joel Smith or someone like that that, that basically made no money for us and we just kind of spent, 240k for, for nothing, really. So, we want to avoid those situations and be as prepared as we possibly can. Obviously, there'll always be some curveballs on selection night, but this is sort of just the first touch on the rookies, the cash cows, the guys that will sort of be making us a lot of money. So, we'll, uh, we'll go through them line by line, and then at the yep. end of the podcast, we'll sort of have a discussion on what that sort of means for our structure and where it is we maybe can fit in more rookies than other lines, and uh, and sort of how we can sort of back up plan from there. So let's do let's, it. Let's um let's start in defense. We've got uh the guy I think that is the most likely and probably going to be our best cash count defense is uh, over in the west. Uh, Ruben Ginby Ginby.
2: Uh, your guess, your I'm, guess is as good as mine.
1: I'm gonna, I'm gonna go Jin B. I think I've heard Jin B before, so I'm gonna, I'm
2: gonna call him the Big Red Mac truck <laughs> the because Big, big that, that probably sums him up well. Red because he's got the red hair, and this bloke is built like a brick shit house. He, he's, if if he's you've like yeah, if you've seen some of the photos getting around um, of him on uh, at training at West Coast, um, he's got he's got the six pack locked in. He's got the big pipes. Yeah, right. He certainly doesn't look like a young fella. Okay, that's, that's all I say. That's, and I that's think good. I think part of that is why he's being um, kind of highly touted to potentially debut round one as well. Um, been hearing a little bit out of the west as well that um, he's kind of getting a little bit of midfield action yeah. even in training. Yeah, he's so I
1: think he's been switching. With Yo, you know they're doing that like yeah, defensive mid halfback midfield sort of role.
2: Yeah, so that's that's a positive from <laughs> our end as well. Um, even though he's he's a defender in terms of AFL fantasy, um, if we can see him getting some midfield time as well, as yeah. um, that job security, and then that's a really good thing for us.
1: So he is uh, what? How, how expensive is the old uh, Jinby? I think he is. What has he got here? Uh, he's in my team. Let's check that. Two hundred eighty-four thousand. Um, so on the more expensive end for the rookies, but I think. I think he comes with probably the best job security of all the defensive rookies. I do question his scoring ability. Um, Just looking at a few of his stats from the um, the State League sort of last year and sort of his local league, he... um, Uh, again I'm not sort of I don't have eyes on this I don't know what role he was sort of playing but he was um, apparently from what I can research is a a bit more of a lockdown defender um, and didn't score very well as a result of that so had a few games where he scored sort of under 40 some 30s in there did have uh, a bigger 76 in his last game of the round in uh, the under 19s but Again, if that was, in fact, him playing as that lockdown defender kind of a role and he's moving into more of a midfield-slash-half-back role, yep. that obviously feels me much more confidence that his scoring ability is going to be better than what has been displayed in the, uh, in the juniors. So I still think that even though his scores from a juniors uh, maybe not don't fill you with confidence, um, just the fact that the raps they've got on this guy and the, the positive role that I think he'll have, he, he sort of makes... Me, he, I think he's the most of a lock in terms of our defensive rookies uh, back there.
2: Yeah, I agree. Two things to note as well is when you're looking at your um, your rookie options you're better off paying up a little bit for that job security than you are going for someone cheap who might be in and out of the side. So, Gimby presents that, I reckon, in what I've um, been reading. And the other thing, too, is, like you said, there might be that change of role there. And also, if he comes out and he kind of just averages 60 but he's got great job security, that's fine for a rookie. You know, yeah, even that'll if still he make you money. It's yeah, exactly it's, it's, you got cash generation, and you just wait till he till he peaks, and then you you move him on in a in a little upgrade trade. Hopefully, so he's definitely looking like the main one in defense. Yeah,
1: especially especially with the sub rule coming in this year as well. Like yeah. like I sort of sort of said before. Um, you know, perhaps we don't want rookies to be best 22. We want them to be best 20 or best <laughs> 21. Um, so not that used as that sub. So it will be very interesting to see how that is used. Now, we're all going to be in the same boat when it comes to that kind of stuff. Yep. Um, so I'm trying not to worry about it too much, but when we can pay up for some of those guys that aren't going to be used as a sub, have the ability to string several games together generating us that cash then I think that is worthwhile us doing that Um, so for me I think he is definitely someone who I feel comfortable having on my field at this point so I think that you can roll through there with confidence. Um, the only other defensive rookie that I think that I could confidently say will be there round one. And again, it's it's a bit early for me to be saying that lock him in for round one. But I feel like it's going that way is Josh Weddle from the Hawthorne Hawks. Now, he is a guy, apparently he, again, another big unit. Yeah, well, 192
2: 89 kilos. Yeah, so Good he's fella.
1: apparently he's ripping up time trials. Mm. He's he's crushing sort of the training at the moment. He's he's like you said he's tall. Um so he's someone who maybe could be used. I've heard him saying that he might get some time off the wing. He spent a little bit of time training in the midfield. Is he going to be a, a, like a third tall kind of defender? His role's a bit undefined, so I'm a little bit less enthusiastic about his scoring ability because of the versatility of his role. However, yep. uh, the raps on him and what I'm hearing so far are pretty positive.
2: So two things to talk about to the points that you mentioned there. So we talked about the fact that he's, so he's 192 centimetres, he's 89 kilos. So he's built ready for AFL football, but in yep. terms of height, he's in that kind of no-man's land that we talk about in AFL with height. He's not. In the category of being a tall at one ninety two, yep. but then he's also not a small. So the versatility you talk about, yes, the versatility might impact his scoring ability, but I actually think that the versatility um, impacts his job security positively. Exactly. So yeah. you can kind of look at that from two That's perspectives. A good point. Yeah. Not only that, but his running ability is um, the fact that he won the time trial. That, for me, is a big, big, a big green big tick. tick yeah. Not only for his ability to find the football, because um, he's going to be running quarters out really strong when other people are running on the treadmill, um, but like he's ticking a lot of boxes in terms of a guy that you'd like to pick in the, the team. The other benefit is he's playing for the Hawks.
1: Yeah, so there's going to be a lot of if he's in that defensive kind of half of the ground, then obviously a lot of ball down yep. there. We're expecting so lots of opportunity. Even if you can just run into a contest, get some tackles, you know, uh, do do a little bit there. It's going to be enough for me. So two hundred sixty-six thousand priced at thirty. Um, again, I think he's probably someone that is I, I'm. Pretty confident in his availability for round one, and I think that he will have decent job security once he's there. Yeah. His scoring ability, I think, is probably less than than uh, a Jinbi, like we spoke about. So perhaps, and again, it's, it comes to the question, is 266 too much to have on your bench? Um, that's that's a question that we'll have to sort of uh, discuss, and we'll, we'll go into our, our structure sort of stuff yeah. down, down yeah. later. Um, but he is someone that I'm less confident having on my field, yeah. um, especially... Early on, in saying that though, again, we're all going to be in the same boat. So he yeah. might be someone that uh, there's the rookie roulette is a, is a phrase <laughs> for a reason when it comes to AFL fantasy. Yeah. You're going to have to sometimes wear those bad scores, but where, where possible, it might be it might be good to get him either off the field or on your bench uh, as soon as possible. Um, but again, he could come out surprises, like you said, with that with that running ability and and uh, ready-made sort of uh, physical body. So I think for the defensive line, those are sort of the two guys that I'll I'll pencil in. I'll I'll go through some other guys that I think are a chance for round one, and then a few guys that I think might be a long shot for round one. So the chances, I think, are Darcy Wilmont for the Brisbane Lions, I think Lockie Cowan is now a chance yep. with the news of Zach Williams' ACL injury. Yep. Um, I also think that a Josh Fahey for the Giants is a chance from what I'm hearing. Obviously, they've, they've gotten rid of a lot of players over there, new coach. Um, so he's a, a defensive-minded sort of a halfback type. So I think he might be a chance over there. And then the last one I'm hearing rumbles about, or maybe the last two I'll, I'll touch on, Max uh, McAlaney. Sorry again if I'm butchering (laughs) his names. Max McElhaney and uh, Charlie Dean for the uh, Collingwood Pies. So there's five guys that I think are chances. Um,
2: So briefly on on a couple of the guys that you mentioned there, Mitch, just for context for some people. So Darcy Wilmont played... In um, Brisbane's final side they last did, year, yes. um, played well by all reports. Um, you know, everyone was really happy with what he did. I think the thing that hurts Darcy Wilmont is the fact that he's they've, playing for the Lions. They play for the Lions. Yeah, these they've side they've also gone out and recruited brought, Trent uh, um, sorry, um, Connor, McKenna. Connor McKenna. yeah. So they've got some talent back there. Um, but I mean, I would expect him to be playing some games at least this year. So keep an eye on him. Lockie yep. Cowan, obviously, you said with the injury to Who am I thinking of?
1: Uh, Zach Williams. Injury
2: to Zach Williams. Yep. That kind of brought his name into calculation however they have i believe gone out and um taken oleg markov off the scrap heap they is haven't confirmed? yet no okay, so that's... he's
1: training with the squad there was okay. news today that he's he's got like six days or something like that to okay. prove himself so that would so be he interesting to see yeah so that is something that that's a good point point. Like we'll, we'll watch, and, and that might be the spot really you know, it might be between cowan and and, and markov to Definitely. sort of get that get that spot on the ground and the last um, one
2: that I'll talk about that's just been getting around in people's teams is Campbell Chesser, also from the West Coast Eagles. Now, he was kind of uh, popular a couple of weeks ago, but it's kind of come to light now that whilst he's training all right, they're kind of seeing him as not debuting in round one. Yeah, line.
1: so the last category I've got here is sort of like the long shots, yeah. um, you know, and he would be in that group. It, it, he yeah. could do it, but the way that I'm sort of reading the news coming out of West Coast is that... Um, you tried to take a sip there, mate. It wasn't working for you. <laughs> um, I had to switch the hands up. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but he, lo- he looks like he... thought you'd go unnoticed there. Oh, no. <laughs> you, you, <laughs> you, you
2: called you know. me out. We'll um, edit that bit out, eh? Nah,
1: nah, <laughs> keep it in. Uh, but it looks like, yeah, he's sort of on the back foot. I, I think he'll get a game at some point this season. Yeah. But in terms of chances for round one, um, less likely than likely, I think. I think of those guys that are the, the chances between Cowan, Fahey, uh, uh Dean, and Wilmont, I think the best scorer of that group uh, from their junior scores is uh, Lockie Cowan. Yeah. Um, was was drafted. You know, I think he apparently he's got uh, a decent decent foot on him. He's had some good scores. Um, I think averages in the NAB League he averaged a hundred, so that's always always really good. Under eighteen champs averaged eighty seven, so yeah. he is um, he's someone that can find the ball. And I think that if he is someone who is named in round one, you could have him on your field. I probably have him on my field over a Weddle, just based on the scores that I've seen in his juniors. The other guy that I think wouldn't be a bad option on your field might be that Darcy Wilmont if he is there. Obviously he's yeah. had that like little bit of experience. It's one game, but it's it's a finals and that's that oh, bodes definitely. me well in terms of the team's confidence. They're not gonna sort of steer away from him in terms nah, of I kicking think if, the ball.
2: I think if he's there, he's definitely your on field option over um over everyone except Gimby.
1: Yeah, it I think Gimby. I by. think Gimby is a viable sort of D five. Yeah. And then these guys are sort of your D sixes, or if you bat deep in the defence you can yeah. move Weddell Sorry, uh, I again me to a D six. Jeez, the
2: defense is doing our head in at the moment. We'll yeah, talk structure so later. But we'll we'll, we'll
1: structure come back later. to that one. Okay. Um, just to rattle off a few other names that I am just keeping in the back of my mind. Um, we got Will Kelly, Will Gould, the Ghost. Uh, we've also got. Uh, <laughs> he doesn't exist. I'm telling you. We've also got. Um, Jacob Ryan. I'm also keeping my eye on for the pies. He has some really, really good scores in the juniors. Uh, okay. So someone who definitely we could keep our eye on. 106 average in the Sandful under 18. So uh, again, people rate the Sandful competition as well. So well, you're
2: playing against men. That's the thing, and and don't what, don't discount that reckon. as well. If you're if you're looking at um, some of these guys' stats and you're looking at NAB league stats um, versus um, league stats, yep. so Sandful, Waffle, um, VFL. Um, rate the rate those VFL, Waffle, and Sample stats much more highly than you rate the NAB League because there's a big difference playing against men.
1: Yeah, so we're watching him. Obviously, in a in a Collingwood side, they've added a few guys. They've got, obviously, um, good users off halfback. Um, so... It might be a long shot for him to get there, but he is a guy that uh, it looks like he can score if he does get named. And then the last one there is Corey Wagner, who apparently picked up a bit of an injury um, recently for the Frio Dockers. So, um, again, just another name to sort of watch, but again, probably less likely than, than more likely. Let's uh yeah, full, let's move minutes. move on to the midfield. So first of all, we can just go ahead and lock Will Ashkoff into our team. I think yeah. he should be if you're serious about playing AFL fantasy, yeah. he's the must he's the must have. Um, I think he's he's the most owned player in the game at the yeah, moment, as yeah, well. He should, reason. It should be higher. It should be hundred oh, percent really. Yeah. Like there's yeah, there's true. no excuse not to have Will Ashkoff in your team. Yeah. Um uh, I think Yeah, throw throw away your season if yeah. you start with, yeah, just, with Will Ashkoff just just Pack it in, man. <laughs> yeah, uh,
2: I mean, we can we can read some stats. I think most people will have seen these, but you know, for the Sandringham Dragons um, last year, he averaged thirty five disposals. So, no matter where you're playing, if you average thirty five touches, you're doing something right. Yeah,
1: 118 um, uh, average in the NAB League. Yeah. The coach said last year that if he was eligible, he would be playing <laughs> in the in the in the ones last year. Yeah. He's obviously had all that time to sort of improve his body and fitness since then. So, I think he's going to be. There's talks of him getting midfield uh, time oh, as well. well Boyle so. report.
2: He, he's ripping up intra-clubs at Brisbane as well and and I mean you, you always see the articles saying hey you know they, they played pretty well they held their own but you rarely see articles saying this guy was the dominant player on the ground yeah, and that's what that's we're seeing right. from Will yeah. Ashcroft so seeing as we, we all you know we're all going to pick him that's boring what do you do? You see, I know in the midfield. How long do you see him potentially being able to stay in your side feasibly? He's not going to be like Dacos, who stayed there all year because Dacos had the benefit yeah, the of defense, being a defender. Yeah, yeah. I mean, how could long he get, get forward?
1: He... I'm not sure. Um,
2: and what did, what is the average just out of interest? I
1: I always like to take the conservative approach when it comes to rookies. I think it's it they're rookies at the end of the day. There's going to be a lot of inconsistencies with their scores, so. I would conservatively say that he's about a 75. Okay. Um, Dacos went 80. 87 last year. Yeah. So uh, I think another player that came out firing was a. Um, uh, why can Mar- I?
2: Are you talking about Nick Martin?
1: No, yeah, Nick Martin. What was he? Like an 80, 84, 83, well, well. or something like that? Well, who else are you thinking of there? Uh, I'm I'm blanking it. Uh, Sam Walsh back in his year, oh, okay. obviously yeah, he came yeah, out yeah. and was a was a huge uh, winner. He, I think he went like mid 80s or high 80s as well. So yeah, see, he I has see, that I potential, yeah. but I don't like to go ahead and just pencil that in. So yeah, if you can run him up to his buy, excellent. Um, what buy do the Brisbane Lions have? Actually, they have they had the round 12 buy. So yeah. the first buy. So that's perfect for him to get him up there. Yeah. Um and and by Then I would imagine that he's maxed out in price. The only issue is sometimes you get to those buys and you want those live bodies. Um, and, and if he's <laughs> live bodies, do have he's a pulse? There, so Tick. <laughs> it might work. But in saying that, the round after he comes off his buy, it's that round 13 with only two teams. So you won't need him that round. So yeah. for the most part, I think. All we can really ask for him is to, to get us to his buy, yeah. and then from there you're upgrading him to a premium. And I do you think he's done his job?
2: Do you think he's peaked by then? Do you think his price is peaked by then? Is there a situation where you go like, oh, man. It it Or does it not depends. matter to you? It,
1: it, it, it entirely depends. I think is, if if his break even is getting close to his uh, average, just that's pull the, that's the time to, to, to pull the trigger. Yeah. I don't think, um, and we'll, we'll get into it more as the season goes along. But a lot of people get really attached to these guys who have done a <laughs> done a solid so far, and <laughs> yeah. um, but. But you, you, you're trying to yeah. race to get premiums, you know. And if yeah. he's going to be one of the, the the easiest tickets to get there. Then then you got to be cutthroat. We got to we got to not let emotions get Sorry, our way. Sorry, Will. Get out of you here, Will. You, you've done your job well, but we're going to get the big boys in. So
2: you'll bring him on the end of season trip. way, no, he'll, he'll, yeah, he'll be yeah, with Mitchman.
1: Yeah, absolutely. He'll come back and celebrate when we've got the car parked in the garage. <laughs> I'll take him out for a spin as well. So um, the next, I've got two or three more guys that I think are locks, or not locks, but pretty likely yep. to be there for round one uh, I'm liking what I'm hearing about Cam McKenzie out of the Hawthorne Hawks yep uh, and then a couple of Roo boys Will Phillips who was drafted two years ago number three pick um, comes in cheaply priced 270000 and George Wardlaw I'm also hearing some good things for him as well so yeah. and we I always think they're likely to be there around one but yeah they're obviously the more expensive variety of rookies
2: yeah we always um, it's kind of pretty typical that those teams that we know are, are not going to potentially do as well, um, yep. kind of present those rookie options for us. So you've got a, a Hawk there and a couple of um, Kangaroos. But yeah, they, they've all kind of put up impressive junior numbers. Cam McKenzie's 24 disposals for the Dragons. And then uh, Vic Metro went an average 26 disposals as well. Um, Cal Toomey down at AFL.com um, um, mentioned the fact that it just finds, finds its own ball at ease um you know wins it at the coal face and then's able to find it again on the outside for for Cam McKenzie so he's definitely a guy that's been getting uh, around in my team um, I'm definitely interested to talk structure with with you in a sec about mm. the mids cuz um yeah if we have those four options uh, I kind of wonder whether you can go with all four of them
1: yeah so I think for me at the moment I'm locking in I'm locking in uh, Ashcroft. I'm locking in Will Phillips. I think he's yeah. the number two priority because yeah. he's he's had a bit of time in the system. He's a little bit older. Did he? He um, had
2: um, glandular fever, I think. I was yeah,
1: reading last I think, year. Yeah, didn't didn't so. play a game last year. So averaged 44 in his first season with under 14 matches that was on. Yeah. He was touted as a, as a good uh, junior scorer. So I yeah. think that that 44 was a bit underwhelming and a bit. Uh, of a surprise uh, for him but by all reports he's playing a decent amount of midfield minutes and um, you know with a few of their guys going with Horn Francis leaving and um, you know a few of the other guys maybe sort of if they want to focus a bit more on on some of those younger guys with Cunnington and maybe uh, like a Greenwood getting less time I think Phillips does pick up a bit of slack and get some CBAs this year so I think those are the top two pretty clearly George Wardlaw is an interesting one for the rule for he, the ruse.
2: Just looking at photos of him, he looks like he'd be more comfortable in an accounting firm than on a footy field. <laughs>
1: he's, he's a bit of a string bean. Um, he's look his junior scores are nothing to really write home about. He's um, look, I, I'm not sure how to really um, sort of. I've, I've seen some people say that he's he's a lock. He's going to be getting some midfield time. Some people say he's going to play a bit more forward at the moment. Um, he's had a bit of a slow start. To his preseason had some restricted duties, but last I saw, he's back in doing full training at the moment. So um, I wonder if that slow start maybe just has him a peg behind some of these other guys. So and he's two hundred ninety-four thousand, so one of the most expensive rookies um, in in this class, pick four uh, for the for the most recent draft. So for him, I'm, I'm a bit <clears throat> behind. Yeah, Cam McKenzie again, another one similar to Wardlaw. I feel like. I don't know what it is. Maybe it was the fact that the, the slow start to the preseason. Mackenzie feels a little bit more like a, a, a player that I want to have in my side. I'm yeah. saving 6000 I mean, for what it's worth. Um, I don't know why I feel more comfortable with him than a Wardlaw, but at the moment, that's, it, that's what it is. But again, we're going to wait until we see these guys in action in, in those preseason games, and we'll make some better informed decisions there. Um, if we skip ahead to the structure talk right now... <laughs>
2: we can't help it, just,
1: just. Just for the midfield. We'll yeah. talk about the others later, maybe. But I, I think it's dangerous having more than three rookies in one line, regardless of what line it is. Yeah. Simply for the fact that, especially this year, when we've got the sub-rule coming in, um, you know, say one of these guys gets dropped, you're then going to fill that with a guy coming off your bench, and your guy coming off the bench is a guy... That is not really, usually, if you're going four deep and you've got two on the bench, there's six rookies that are midfield eligible only, Um, you know, chances are that fifth and sixth guy are not going to be the best scorers. So for me, I personally like to go three deep at most and have that sort of mid-pricer at M5. Just for the fact that I don't want to rely on each week having those four rookies in the one line. Whereas if I've got a bit of flexibility spread out throughout my ground, I can usually find a bit of a plug and play to to get the guys uh, filling that spot if a rookie should miss time.
2: Yeah, definitely. Some of the combination of combinations I've been playing around with have kind of four rookies in there. So to be Ashcroft at M five and five, yeah. Um, but the way things are happening in the back line at the moment with that Salem report as well. That looks like I might now have to spend a little bit more money in the back line. Yeah. And so, and then if you can't have four rookies in the midfield, you spend a bit more money there. And suddenly that awesome forward line that we've talked about with all these undervalued premiums, potentially, then you have to go down to- I'm thinking like- To maybe, you know, three pre-
0: Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants. premium
2: forwards like a mid i think that's where i'm heading rookies. at the
1: moment yeah i'm thinking that it will get to the forwards later there's a few forwards that i like the look of so it might end up being again we have all these awesome value forwards but yeah. remember we've always said that rookies dictate our structure exactly. and to me and especially with the question marks of defense like you said some of value options going down i'm starting to lean to going three primo forwards instead of the four which i initially had yeah um but again, it will also depend on who's available. Um, you know, Maybe this Salem thing is not uh, so serious. I'm still waiting for a little bit inf- more information on that. Yeah. Uh, but I think for the midfield in terms of our rookies, I-, I don't love going forward deep because of that risk of, you know, say, you know, a couple of them go out for whatever reason in one round. Yeah, you're in strife. You're in a bit of strife there. Whereas yeah. if you can limit the, the rookies on, on ground, you- you're a bit safer, in my opinion, when it comes to those Thursday night teams.
2: The point you made before, Mitch, I reckon it is a really great point. If you take anything out of this podcast, don't fall in love with your team right now. Whatever combinations you've got going, just don't fall in love with it. Take it and look and say, yeah, that's a great option. Um, But you need to be able to be cutthroat and um, realistic with yourself when it comes to team selections. Because if you fall in love with a team now... When it comes to round one selections, you're going to be trying to get that team back in some way, shape or form, but you have to let the rookies that are available dictate your structure. If that means yep. you have to go down from a premium that you really like to a mid-pricer, um, you know, or a mid-pricer down to a rookie or whatever combination works out, you have to be willing to do that. So just don't fall in love too early.
1: Yeah, and that's why I like the, like after the, or before the, the uh preseason games, I delete my team, yep. I get rid of it and I go all right, who are my must-have guys? Who are the guys that have to be in there? And I've always got an idea of, you know, the guys that I could swap out and, and shave a bit off their, their price tag. Who are the yep. guys that, look, I don't mind going from him to him, you know. If, if I need to get a little bit of extra money to, to get these rookies up to so the guys that are going to be there, then, um, you know, always sort of have that in mind. So, going on to the rest of the midfielder cash cows, yeah. Um, A few guys that I think are chances to be there. Uh, Matthew Johnson for the Frio Dockers. A lot of people sort of saying that he might be in and around that sub kind of area, which is a little bit concerning. Uh, Elijah Hewitt for the uh, West Coast Eagles. uh, And a Henry uh, Husweight for the Hawks. I think are probably the three guys that uh, I think... Maybe 50-50 chance to be there in round one. Um, And the guys that I think are long shots, but still might be worthwhile because of their scoring ability. Jai Clark is a prolific ball winner over in Geelong. But, of course, reigning premiers might be hard to get into that side. But apparently, uh, due to reports that I've I've seen on Twitter, again, nothing concrete to go off yet. But apparently he's been doing really well in preseason and is flying uh, and could be a bit of a bolter there. Um, Connor Blakely, who's not... The same age group as a lot of these guys, bit of a bit of a veteran, but finds himself very cheap because of a lot of missed games recently. Um, given a lifeline over at Gold Coast, potentially he might get some some run. And uh, being an older player, uh, obviously has a bit more True proven, age Cash cow, yeah, proven ability to score. Um, Matt Roberts, I think he's the Sydney. I think he popped his head in for one game last year. Yeah, um, put he up did. like a a stinker of a score. I can't remember exactly what it was, but uh, I believe that pr- if you exclude that game, he's got some pretty good scores. Yeah, in I still juniors. think he's
2: pretty highly rated over at the Swanies.
1: Yeah, and then the last one is Zach Taylor for the Adelaide Crows, who again, just based on his junior numbers, seems like someone who could find a bit of footy. Uh, so I think that he is someone you could go. But there might be a situation where we do need like a mid-forward to be someone that sits on our bench yep. in, the mid, in the midfield. Because um, I don't know if we're going to get you know, like I said, and especially if you're going four deep on the field mm. to get those bench options there as well, might be, might be a bit tough. Yep. Feel you there. Um, any Rux? more insights about those <laughs> guys? Nah, all Nothing good. more on the mids.
2: Rucks, just Rux, pick a red dot.
1: Pick a red dot. Um, <laughs> pick a D, the D, guy D. that I'm leaning for, and I know we both had our boy Samson Ryan there before, yeah. but
2: he plays, he plays, uh, First game of the round. round, So you can't have him. Or he he doesn't play first game. Yeah, yeah. But he's gonna be locked in from there. So
1: I quickly discovered that after our after our team reveal um Bit of a bit of
2: rookie error there, but Oh, not a rookie error. We just love having him around the boys, oh, man. He's a, it's a it's, great
1: mug to have sitting on your, it's your, okay, your screen yeah. there.
2: It's okay to have an inside joke, man. We don't <laughs> we don't have to justify ourselves.
1: But uh, yeah, Max Max Heath is the guy that I think might be a popular option. He's got that ruck Ford status, plays the last game of round one, yes. the Saints do. He's also potentially someone that could find himself in there with all the Ford stocks in killed like Kilda going down. They don't have many tools there um i mean hopefully he's not in there to ruck and um, push ron marshall to the forward line christ but uh he
2: takes off his mask tom campbell
1: <laughs> yeah it's just like it's like you thought i was max yeah. Heath.
2: boom here i am tommy campbell
1: jeez we don't want that at all again if you see tom campbell out in the anyway, streets, yeah just I'm get of anywhere marshall. uh but max heath he's the guy i've got there at the moment again it's more than likely a red dot, but it might be a chance that he pops up sooner or yeah. later in the season. And that ruck forward status is is helpful.
2: In all seriousness, I think that's that's a little bit of the talk out there. If if there's no rookie ruck option, which I really Struggle to see you can pick a red dot and you can have that red Red dots up. are so
1: useful. I've, I tweeted this out a few days ago. Just, like just the
2: one of them in round one. Yeah, just the run. Yeah. Just,
1: you don't want obviously to go crazy. Yeah. You don't, obviously, you don't want to spend up. So, his basement price um, has that flexibility of the ruck forward. So, if yep. you do find that there is a ruck that comes in there, you can trade one of your fords, you know, downgrade one of your forward rookies to get him in yep. um, and swing him into your forward line. Which
2: is pertinent with a couple of the guys that we talked about in the ruck. So, Darcy Cameron, I think, does yeah. he absolutely tell us he's got the ruck, ruck forward? Obviously, and then yeah. Max Gorn potentially coming into that in round 6 that there's been a bit of So they could create
1: flexibility in the future um, when DPPs drop as well so I think that there's the value of a red dot uh, I I don't want to undersell it like it's useful especially with the rolling lockout last year I did very well now I wish that the guy that I got in was going to Elijah Hollands played a bit (laughs) sooner than he did but it was very useful and handy to have a red dot at the start of the season helped me get a lot of loopholes I I sort of was um, loopholing some rookie scores throughout the start of the season and sort of helped with my rookie roulette Made it very easy to get a vice captaincy score later yes. in the round when yes. I had uh, more options available uh, instead of sort of relying on those guys sort of uh, at the start of Thursday and Friday nights. So I think in the rolling lockout era of AFL fantasy, the red dot is, uh, is, is a tool that maybe is a bit underutilised.
2: Are you... A rolling lockout fan. You you live I, you live and breathe it. So just I, just to I give I you context, it. Mitch just <laughs> I'm ev- glued. every second of every day, Mitch's <laughs> AFL fantasy. So my
1: brain is ticking.
2: Uh, anyway, I I well, asked look, you a question. Look, interrupted. I, um, what do you think?
1: I prefer the the normal lockout, the Friday night lockout. Okay, good. But, Me at, too. The, but at the same time. If it's going to be a rolling lockout, we've got to... I mean, the, the oh. reason I prefer is because you've, you can kick your feet up. Everyone's in the same boat. And, yeah. and if bad luck comes your way, then bad luck comes your way. But... If it's not going to be the case, we've got to be switched on and oh, take advantage we do. of it. We do, yeah. Don't and, um, get me wrong; I'm not saying I'm not saying does, ignore it. Just I think here, it does it does provide an ability to separate the serious and not so serious. Um, but I which just is, want to be
2: the casual person. I, know, I, I, I want to lock out on Friday. I, I want to have a beer. I want to just watch my players rack up the score. If I
1: was running the game, I would do it the other way. I would go with the, the Friday, the, the partial lockout yeah. Thursday night, the full lockout uh, Friday. But again, that's just not the way they've done it this year. Again,
2: it pisses me off too because th- there are some events in life that are unavoidable too. Like, yeah. let's say you're going to, you, buddy, best man at a wedding, You maybe you're getting married. Like, you, there's so many things in life you oh, could you be know doing. you're sitting there on your fantasy exactly. team or yeah, you, sure. Maybe you go on a camping trip, you're out of reception and then yeah. suddenly you come back and you've been, oh, I was going to swear then, but you've, yeah. you've <laughs> yeah, been yeah. proper screwed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Think, anyway, um, sorry, I'm, yeah. I'm, I'll get off my soapbox. But. Maybe,
1: maybe find a, a confidant, someone you trust, given given your password. No. Oh, <laughs> <Yeah>. Sorry, <laughs> and, uh, I know what and, you're make, referring and make to. Make your trades. Yeah. I think I might have done that. Yeah, for you thank you, one, mate. Uh, I thought that's what you referring one, to. One last season. So, yeah. so yeah, that's that's I reckon the way around. I even it. gave um, my
2: feedback at the end of last year. I think th- there was a forum for it. I think the, the Warndog maybe tweeted it out. There was a forum well, for... Well, now
1: you've got this big old platform. Maybe your voice will be heard B- a bit more Big now. old platform. We'll have a talk right. to Warnie on on, uh, actually, on Sunday, actually. Yeah. Sneak peeks. He's going to be coming on, so look out yeah. for that. But let's move on to okay, away sorry, from man. the Rucks. I Again, I don't... Uh, do you see anyone else that's no. sticking their hand up? Samson Ryan? No? Okay. I can't
2: on. imagine. I'll, I'll be off, off Richmond if... <laughs> yeah,
1: Yeah, is I don't think so. Okay, um, just... Moving on to the forwards, where I think we've got a few options here. Again, probably only like two or three guys that I think are confident for round one. Yeah. Um, Matthias Philippou Philippus, Philippousis where's the philippusus come from isn't that a tennis player Oh, I, I just know. added that on oh, okay. I'm fairly certain okay, you talk, I'm, on, I'm, I'm on really about, about tennis So, but uh, Matthias Philippou he's he's a guy that uh, there was rumours I think a few days ago or a week ago that he had like a calf or an I, ankle I injury that, or something actually, like yeah. that but nothing have, I've searched high and low and um, I, nothing I can do to confirm that so yeah,
2: Mark Philippusis, Australian
1: tennis player ah, well there you go I, I don't know my tennis from my my ass from my elbow so well,
2: welcome to the ball boys tennis <laughs> fantasy podcast
1: <laughs> yeah we'll be a little while off that <laughs> um, but he uh, look if he's healthy I think that he could be one of the best rookies on our entire ground. Um, His junior scores were very, very nice. And um, I think that he is someone that you could confidently have on field. But I just want to, if anyone's got some inside scoops about his injury, there was was something going on, but I haven't seen anything concrete that can confirm that he's... uh, changed his training or is on a modified program or anything like that so um in the state league averaged 123 the sandville under 18s um had a few huge games in there i'm looking at a 155 a 148 a 158 a 126 a 135 so the guy can find some some of the ball he um, seems like he goes
2: about in the right way as well like high tackle numbers there as well yeah. he hits the scoreboard too um
1: yeah. So if he plays forward, I think he has the ability to, to find the footy no yeah. matter where he's lining up. So I do really like him and if he's named round one, he will definitely be in my side. Well,
2: I mean, in this little article I'm reading, it's got the little plays like for the players, and when you when your plays like is Christian Petrarca, that's uh yeah, pretty right. handy. I've got pretty I've got
1: handy. Marcus Bontempelli here is the uh, comparison in the, the little sheet that I'm looking at. So imagine,
2: imagine being that imagine being eighteen and your name's up there. That's a Petrarca. high that's yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's a high bar. That's so pretty good. That's I pretty think good. look
1: if he's in there, he's a the guy that I'm pretty much locking into my Side yeah. um, and at two hundred eighty-two thousand again, spinning up a little bit, but I think it's worth it. The next guy that I think I'm confident will be there is the Harry Sheezel again, another North Melbourne player. So I start to get a little bit concerned when I'm naming three North Melbourne players that I think, and I've also got another guy that I think is a chance Mate, as well. I, I think he so, might be
2: a North Melbourne fan. The amount of North Melbourne blokes you get, I've got you. a few
1: in my team right now. Yeah, is LDU still uh, floating? Let me actually there? count them up. I've got one, two, three, four. Four North Melbourne players hey, currently in if, my side. If so, you win a
2: Hilux with four North Melbourne players in your starting side... I'll hey, we, all need,
1: we all need cash cows. We all need cash cows. <laughs> hey, LDU's in there, isn't he? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's, he's, he's in there. Um, so I think he is a guy, again, played decently well in the NAB League, 89 points, yeah. had a couple of silly scores, 137, 159, 138, 128. So can go big can in the right the role. too. So, 36 goals
2: from 14 games.
1: Yeah, absolutely. So he's someone I think that, again, as a decent on-field option... And then the next one who I'm a little bit... We'll see if he's there for round one, but if he is, I'm pretty keen on him, is a Bailey Humphrey for the uh, Gold Coast uh, Suns. Uh, averaged 100 in the NAB League. Again, a couple of big scores. Had a 165 in there, 117, 113, 114. A uh, couple just below 100, 97, 98 as well. So a guy that I think could... Um, get in there, and then with Rankin leaving the side as well, yep. he's someone that could come in and play that forward role early and, and be in there. Um, again, 290000 so they're all up sort of that top end of the the price range for our cash cows, but I think all three of those guys would be decent uh, starting options on your field, which is what leans me towards that. Maybe we don't go four premiums deep in our forward line. If those guys that I expect to be there are there, and you go that mid price at f uh, four, Four, and then have two rookies on your field and just about three deep in terms of your forward premium. So yeah, I think that there's a few guys in the forward line that I do really like, and maybe it is a a matter of having one of them. I mean, it doesn't really matter, I guess, at the end of the day if you've got one of them in your your midfield line. Um, But I think that those guys, I think, do have some good scoring potential.
2: Just back to the structure you mentioned before. So um, three primos. Mid price and two rookies. Is the mid price that you're probably referring to like a Toby McLean or are you going mid price higher? What
1: no, is, Toby McLean is sort of yeah. the, the sort okay. of price so range three, that I'm talking about. So, yeah, yeah. Three premiums, Toby McLean and there. Yeah. So, two saving rookies. a bit of cash there okay. with those three players. But, yeah. I think that, yeah, I think that's sort of the way that it's shaping up for me. Yeah. Uh, but again, not locking anything in. It's obviously dependent. Uh, again, we're still speculating with who's going to be there. So, yeah. Um, I think of all of those guys, Philippou is the guy that I'm most keen on. I actually think that he could potentially be the second highest scorer behind an Ashcroft in terms of our cash cows. Okay, but again, lots of water to come under the bridge. Yes, yeah, so there is. There is. We'll still figure it out. A couple of chances. Um, number one pick, Aaron Cadman is a, a chance to be round one uh, yep. for the is it the Giants? He got drafted to. He I is so. obviously a sort of a key forward. Um, Type so we don't love key forwards in fantasy, and he's top cash cow price three hundred thousand. So yeah. if I have other options, I probably won't have him in my side. I think it's a bit much to pay for a key forward. Um, but I think that if we are really starved for rookie options, he could be someone that you know plays a lot of footy this season. And uh, other few options I've got, uh, Blake Drury, basement price, mid-forward, apparently is playing uh, a half-back kind of a role for the Kangaroos, and with players like uh, Aaron Hall nursing that injury to his Achilles, and you've got obviously um, Taryn Thomas, who's Taking a leave absence from the team, then uh, Blake Drew. What are you smiling at? You, oh, <laughs> you got a joke coming up? No, no.
2: You're just trying to pick another ruse. Yeah, another ruse. So this is that <laughs> fifth ruse. <room>. You got <laughs> a coming. joke coming up? No. <laughs> I don't prepare these jokes, man. I'm telling you. No,
1: nah, it's all right. Uh, but yeah, I think he is a chance, and, and obviously we like half back roles. It's a very friendly role we for do. fantasy. So we do. he's the one that, uh, based on price, if he's there, I think he could do worse. Yeah. But um, and and then a couple of other players: Josh Sin, Luke Pedlar and Finlay McCrae are all guys that sort of float around the mix. Um, any any there Come that on. catch your eye or you've seen a lot of info out on the the Twitter sphere?
2: No, nah, I think I mean the, Twitter's a bit like that echo chamber that you talk about. Yeah. You see those same names coming up over and over and I'm sure people watching this video will be like, "Yeah, I've seen all these names on Twitter." Um, yeah, it's it's so speculative. We've got, you know, a list here in front of us of Twelve names. Yeah. Um, so it's just wait and see. It's watch the preseason. You get a. I mean, you get a little bit more out of out of watching the rookies in the preseason than maybe you do from an established guy. Like, it, oh, I'm you know, I'm not really paying too much attention to what. Jack Steele does in the preseason. Yeah, and especially as, scores. You as, know, yeah, like, exactly. As long as he's there, he's healthy, he's doing his thing, we know he's going to be there. The same role, yeah. During the preseason, you're really watching the rookies and you're not just watching um, for their scores, you're watching how the coach speaks about them after the game. Yeah, you're watching yeah, the role yeah. that they're playing, you're watching yeah. their breakdown of their time on ground. You're watching.
1: Are they are they in there? Because some of these preseason games are going to be six quarters as well. Yes. So you always have to keep an eye on that. Are they there in the first two quarters or are yep. they then there in the last four or the last two quarters? Yeah. And, and that's when they're doing. Their damage because those are the ones where you know they might put up some decent stats, but if they didn't start the first couple of quarters, then that's a, a decent sign to me that maybe they're not part of their best twenty-two. So exactly, you might yeah. even
2: see with with rookies in the preseason. You might even say let's let's say you've got a rookie midfielder. He comes in the preseason. He scores one twenty in the preseason game, but then you have to ask yourself. You have to say, okay, well, from that particular team that you were looking at, who wasn't there who was playing there, in the wasn't? midfield? So yeah. let's like let's say it's a. Um, you know Richmond, for instance. Okay, you have a rookie come in and he scores one twenty, but yep. then uh, you know maybe Toronto spent a lot of time forward, and and Hopper was kind of being eased off the bench. I'm just using examples here, but yeah. you you Keep just that in mind, yeah. Watch the games, don't just watch the scores.
1: Absolutely, yeah. Saying. And there'll be, uh, I'm sure, when when the games come around, especially those ones that aren't on KO and and they're the, those uh, sort of unofficial organized pranky matches. Yeah. There'll be there'll be Twitter heroes left, right, and centre, sort of giving us all reports, which we love. Obviously, we'll stay. <laughs> Twitter heroes, ones. wow. you make um, a few
2: unfollows. <laughs>
1: <laughs> no, oh, mate. You legit, are a Twitter legit hero. Legit heroes, yeah. I'm one of them. So, But, but if you can get eyes on the game, I yeah. would encourage you to do so where possible because that's going to give you the most information that, that you can trust uh, you yourself. So, um, just to circle back onto our structure. So this yep. is where, look, if in a perfect world, I would love to go really cheap on my defenders and have some rookies in my defensive line, but Good I luck. am really concerned about how many defenders we're going to have that I can rely on week in, week out. Last year, if, if, if last year was anything to go by, we had next to no rookie defenders uh, available, and I think it's a similar story outside of Jinby. I'm not super confident on a lot of them. Maybe Weddle, yeah. um, but again, his scoring is sort of up in the air. Do you want to spend 266000 on a guy who maybe you're going to have on your bench? Look, it's a tough it's line, tough, So, tough so it's... It's something that I think, if if I was to recommend anything to everyone, is is have a play around with your structure and see what it looks like when you've got maybe one rookie defender in your in your lineup and and what that looks like in terms of moving the pieces. You might hate it, and you might sort of then okay, let's just cross our fingers for some rookie defenders. But we, it might come to that. It might come to that option when we don't have the the available rookies there to choose from. So for me, my my word of caution would be. See if we can get you down to three rookies in the midfield yeah. and one rookie in defence. Have a look at what that looks like yeah. um, as a, like a preparation for worst-case scenario. With is the, sort of what I'm thinking.
2: With the one rookie in defence, do you think then the most likely option there is, and I'm talking on the field, um Three premiums, then it's then it's two um, mid prices and a rookie. Or do you think you could like try and stretch to four premiums?
1: The other shit thing about the defense is that I don't love a lot of the mid prices, and and with Christian yeah. Salem's so, question marks, it's it's oh, a man. tough one. Like so this yo is we
2: where, yo we like yo we like we're not as high on Magra as some people are. Um, yeah, there's
1: there's, there's like your Hayden Youngs about. and, and Dacos, yeah. which are like discounted even, premiums. They're yeah. not really mid prices, not, but it, it might be a way to save some money. Um, this is where you probably can't go. Someone like a Doherty because it's just too much to spend up on. You're gonna to have to save that cash. Um, you know, maybe it is someone like that Connor McKenna type, or uh, you know, those kind of players that you know I wouldn't typically recommend. But it's sort of like a have a play around and see who you can get. Um, you know, we're watching players like Hunter Clark or a Will Day or Jack Scrimshaw in the preseason. These kind of guys that you sort of look at their stats and you you don't, you're not really excited by them at first glance, but you might have to consider them anyway. But it's it's not something to lock in. But I just, I would recommend everyone just to have a play around with it, so that if it does come to round one, we have no rookies like we did last year. We don't end up with someone like uh, someone who's going to be in our team that we never really wanted in our team anyway. So that that kind of my advice
2: leads into kind of my question to you now what's your stance on, let's say that there's a guy who hasn't been in your team all preseason. you've kind of been, you know, he's on your radar, hasn't really been in your team all preseason. and then you get to the pre you get to the games. And, pre-season games. preseason games, yep. sorry. Does does a few good things and you need a spot selection on your side. How do you feel about making that selection? Because you haven't really looked at him all yeah. year. He's never trained with the boys and I'm talking Um yep. Do you know, like does that feel a bit uncomfortable for you?
1: Rookies, I think it's fine. Like, Okay. I, I'm not here saying that I know everything about rookies, so if there's a rookie not on my radar, it's so let's say probably because like, I just don't know anything. But if it's a premium like Clark maybe used like, as an example before. Uh, like at the moment I'm trying to keep my books as wide open as possible. Okay. And as things come out, um, you know, I've identified the guys that I think have potential value. But if a guy comes from a completely left field, like I think a few years ago, no one was considering Jaden Short. He comes out, scores a one seventy in the preseason mm. Uh, Jordan Clark was another example. I think he came out and scored 120. Um, and everyone's ears perked up. And we all went, oh, okay, what's this? It was <laughs> yeah. the first year of that man-on-the-mark rule. And we all sort of went, hang on a second. These half-back guys or the man on the man-on-the-mark rule. Could this be a thing? Everyone jumped on when no one was really considering them earlier. And it didn't work out for a lot of people. Yeah. So I think that for the premiums and also probably for your mid-prices, unless you you feel like you've missed something in terms of a role or a role change, um. If it's just someone coming out with an out of the box score, um, I wouldn't wouldn't fall into that. If they've not been training with your team, then then don't put them in there just because they've come out and score well. Scores. It's a funny thing with preseason games because I always think like you don't want the guy that you like to go too good, <laughs> but you don't want them to go too shit either. You want you want that nice little balance because if they go too big, everyone jumps on oh. them, and your unique is you know I feel is you. sort of uh, you know gone from being under the radar to on everyone's mind, but. If you see the role and you're happy with the role, especially those premiums, that's all you need.
2: Isn't it funny, hey, we, we spend the whole preseason talking about, let's wait and see what we see in the preseason games, but then there's aspects of the preseason games we say, I'll take that with a grain of salt. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I,
1: think, I think what I want to do in future episodes is, is go through a list of things that I'm, I'm watching for the preseason, yes. like specific rotations, specific battles yep. in terms yep. of positions and things like that, and then rookies as well. So, um, you know, if, if you're picking someone like a Jack Steele and he comes out and he scores an 80 in the preseason, but he's in the centre bounces, he's doing his thing, yeah. he's just kind of going at 50%, yeah. well then who cares? Pick him. It's Jack Steele. He's yeah, not going he to all of a need, sudden... He
2: doesn't need to go at more than 50% Like the, the
1: traders say, you're not cool if you go and try in the preseason. Like, <laughs> I have heard that. If, if, you're, if you're a guy trying to make the yeah. squad, different story, but if you're Jack Steele, you're too cool to go out and try in preseason. <laughs> you're a loser if you... If you you're a loser. Try, yeah. I think that's what they say anyway. Well,
2: you a cool kid at school, Mitch. You yeah, i like Yeah, just
1: just <laughs> walking up the field, you know, doing your thing. So <laughs> So uh yeah, that'll um That'll all about do us, so I think, for our cash cows episode. Yeah. Uh, if you guys have any like cash cows yeah. that are burning up the track that you think that we've missed, uh, by all means, drop them down in the comment section below on YouTube. Yeah, we uh, need
2: we need eyes out there. We We're, need not, eyes. we're not in a footy state. yeah, so. yeah,
1: yeah, oh yeah. Brisbane, we've got nothing. Um, although yeah. someone did tag us in a training session for the the Brisbane Lions the other day, which I was very grateful for. So yep. if you have eyes on the track, if you go into any trainings, get your eyes out there. Let us know how everyone's going, particularly Definitely. those rookies. We want eyes on those boys. Yeah, for sure. Um, still on the quest for 1000 subscribers oh, we're nearly how are we going? we're nearly up at 400 so so getting up there ticking over so guys again if you haven't subscribed i would ask you to do so uh it really helps us out and of course it means that you can go and find all that content nice and easy alerted when we uh, pop something new on there but make sure again give this video a big thumbs up follow us on twitter and stay tuned for our upcoming episodes laters